The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 55 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Great to be here, back again. I say that every week like it's a big surprise, but um, I guess this year is a little bit different to last. We're actually, uh, well, I'm actually enjoying this. It's, it's good fun. Uh, it's good to chat and uh, with Lewis each week because we don't seem to catch up as much as we used to. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Blenzel Oil, KYB, Evenstrokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, and Talon Engineering. Wow. Some new people on board this week, as you can tell. Anybody who's listened to the show, I had to uh, double check and uh, think about that one. Fly Racing has redefined expectations and safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Lewis Phillips, how are Hi. you? Great, you? Good, good. Um, you sound a bit lacklustre, and, and there's a reason for that. You uh, decided to stay up for Supercross. I don't sound lacklustre, do I? Yeah, you sound a bit tired. Oh, well, you know. It's Fatigued, cool there, I would say. Having a, having a job, it takes it out of you. You should try it. Well, that, it was kind of the night shift you had to do, and then you're you're back on with the day shifts. Like you've done a double shift. This is why it's better for me to be in America, to be honest. Really? Well, yeah, because then I'm not having to watch Supercross at four a.m. I did get a little bit excited for you uh, yesterday. I think it was. I messaged you and said uh, the borders are open. Trump is opening the borders, which you responded within point two three seconds. Biden has closed the borders. Yep. I'd already been sent that. Um, I'd already been sent that information like seven times yesterday oh. morning. So, um, oh. so seven yeah. times the hurt came through. Uh, I think it's. I think it's over. I think it's over for me. Um, but I've never been to an AMA national, and I quite like the sound of Fox Raceway <laughs> and then Thunder Valley. To be honest, because I can go oh, to I California like... for a week, do Fox Raceway, spend another week in California, then go to Thunder Valley. Well, if you're going to Thunder Valley, I'm coming. I love that okay, track. It's so you cool. feel free to go. Just don't travel with me or be with me or <laughs> just generally acknowledge my existence. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> so what do we have lined up for today's show? We have uh, a little bit of talk on KRT. It was just announced their uh, new Kawasaki rider. Massive surprise. Uh, I bet you, you guys are on the edge of your seat. And we're going to have the Even Strokes game in, uh, in part one. Obviously, uh, there's not much going on at the moment. so. Um, well, not in Europe. We're gonna, in Europe, yeah. America's, every, like, everything's going on in America. But in Europe, it's uh, obviously a bit quiet. It's even quieter in the UK because we're still in lockdown. 
And let's talk about uh, this appointment by Kawasaki. The news was released today in a PR. Uh, do you want to talk us through it, Liz? Uh, yeah, the reason it took it so long is because there was still, as of last week, there were still some uh, finer details being worked out. So, yeah, that's why it took so long. Was was that waiting for the check to clear? I'm not sure, to be honest. But, yeah, no, it's, it's out. Thank God. Um, now we just have, all we have remaining is what who JWR's second rider will be. And there's... I had three things. One was KRT, which was the most important, which we knew, but it just needed to be announced. Two was JWR's second rider, which I have no clue who it's going to be. And then I had a third thing that really wasn't important, but it was kind of on my list as like one, like the third missing piece, and I can't remember what it is now. So it clearly wasn't that important. Well, I, I've managed to find out uh, JWR's second rider. I can't announce it on the show uh, because it's going Wait, to be can a you message it? Can you message it to me now, and I'll give everyone a live reaction. They can see if I'm shocked or not. Okay. Okay. This, this uh, is an interesting way. This will. This my reaction will either get people excited or make people go, "Oh, well. oh, you've messaged me." Oh, you know, you know what? That is surprising. I am surprised. There we go. There we yeah, go. That, that is surprising and quite good. Yeah, I think it's really good as well. Really, really good. Because I was expecting another Cornelius Tundall. Like, nope, nope, nope. And um, oh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. And also, um, I think I've heard really good things. I've been asking around about Mira Sivonin. Sivonin? Sivonin? I can't even pronounce it. Clearly, you're anyway. asking Batard. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've actually, maybe that's the problem. I've been asking lots of different, uh, different surnames. But yeah, big, strong Finnish, Finnish guy. Did you know his uh, dad is uh, CEO of KTM Finland? Uh, no, I didn't. And to be honest, I'm not sure I care. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I, I still stand by. I think this kid could, um, you know, he's not going to, you know, if he gets top 15, amazing. But I think that the, the task for him is going to be um, top 20. But anyway, I think the second what, the second rider would be, uh, be good. Good to see him. So, um, yeah. So let's go back to um, Ivo. 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 Yeah, Ivo, Ivo. 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 Ivo Monticelli. That's funny. Um, well, we just had a late, a late, um, a late comer question for Ask Vice Anything. So rather than put it in that, I'm going to use it to base off this uh, Evo discussion. A late so, what question? An Ask Vice Anything question. Oh. So rather than chuck it in that segment, it's, it's relating to Evo. So this will be a good way to clear some things up. So um, Chris United 93 said, with it finally being announced that KRT has signed Monticelli, does it prove where the support is financially, but a factory team has to take money over talent? Now. I've said it before, Lima was the same thing. And that was four years ago. So it's no reflection on COVID. It's no reflection on uh, current. Well, I guess 2016 is kind of still current, but you know, it's no reflection on, actually, I think it was 2017. Yeah, 2017, 2018, Lima was there, but still four years ago. It's no reflection on right now. KRT do have a bit of a history as ha- of having their lead guy, who's really strong, and then someone else. Like, um, well, Paul Adam Frossard isn't really a good. Um, why can't I think of secondary <laughs> KRT riders from the past? Because you just made that up because they had <laughs> to sell with Tixier as well. Well, there you go, Tixier. Like, well, I guess he was a world champion. But <laughs> yeah, still, like, come on. Tixier, yeah, but Tixier wasn't like he wasn't okay. Maybe they hoped he would be, but he wasn't DeSalle's equal. 
You know? Yeah. Like this yeah, year, but... having, having Fever and DeSalle this year was a big deal for Kawasaki. That was their most powerhouse lineup. Like, that was more of a powerhouse lineup than Villapoto and Rattray because Villapoto and Rattray was, again, very one lopsided one way. Whereas Fever and DeSalle was like, either one of our guys could win today. Let's see. And KRT typically doesn't have that. Well, I think we, we kind of looked at it as though we, we fully expected in the middle part of last year, an Olsen or a Watson going there, having that young understudy to back up Fevre. So it's obviously a different plan they've got. But do you know what? If it works, it works. It's, it's, it's fair enough. I don't, I don't take too big an issue with it on the basis that... Um, uh, sorry, I'm a bit slow today. My mind's... I'm, I'm, I'm at 4 a.m. Um, no, I don't, I don't take too big an issue with it on the basis that Olsen and Watson both got factory rides. So even if KRT wanted them, they might not have necessarily got them because it's not like they've ended up on JK Racing. So realistically... <laughs> That's a bit... <laughs> What's what? JK Racing done to you? <laughs> well, joke is in the name. Oh. Hello? <laughs> no, JK Racing is just a, a secondary level team. Like, okay, it's fair enough. Funnily enough, where Evo got his MXGP start. Uh, yeah, so realistically, they could have had Evo, or they could have had Vlanderin, or they could have had... I'm struggling to think of another good option who was open and didn't already... Like, you know, someone who they realistically could have gone after and taken. I did hear rumours that they were talking to Evans as early as March. But that never went anywhere. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it, it would be a travesty and I would be crying out on this podcast if Monticelli was, had just signed for KRT and Watson was on JK Racing. I would be crying out because I'd be like, what? This isn't right. Why? What? Like, but at the end of the day, it's kind of all added up. Eh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's all panned. It, I think it's all panned out, you know, quite well. The, the teams, are, all the teams, are looking pretty strong next year. Um, are we allowed to talk about some of the rumors that we heard but haven't happened? Can you message me again what you're going to say because you haven't been a GP, so chances are you're going to be sharing the rumors that I told you. So I don't want you to put me in the firing line like that. No, no. I was going to get you to say them because obviously oh. you, you you've been there at GPs. And um, you've kind of like, you know, seen around, you've kind of seen people sat under the awnings and stuff like that. So what, well, what, it's COVID what rides, no sat under awnings. <laughs> but what, what sort of riders were kind of mentioned by teams or you heard rumors of, which obviously didn't come and, and they were just rumors, but uh, let's, let's give people some ideas of the things, what we have to sit on, but we don't ever talk about. Nothing anything happened. I think we like, there was no, I can't think of anything that kind of really like took off as far as a rumor goes and then went the opposite direction. Everything's kind of happened. Because there was a lot, a lot of talk uh, of Watson to Kawasaki, but when yeah, we, I've, Danny, covered like, with, not, I've covered yeah. that with, I've covered that with Ben many times. Ben, Ben said many times that it's a lie and it's false and it's like, so it's not, that wasn't a big secret that could have happened. It just wasn't, it was just a fake rumor. Oh, speaking of, Fake rumours. Uh, someone yeah. started spreading something not, uh, last week that uh, the reason Monticelli hadn't been announced was because Baggett had swept in and taken that seat with backing oh, from Monster. Shit. Someone came up with a very elaborate story. 
which, like, you know, attention's in the detail. Wow. I mean, obviously, we knew Monticelli was going there, but I still chased it up just to see. And, yeah, obviously, just in case anyone's still holding out hope, that was a big load of bullshit. Wow. That's someone with a lot of time on their hands. Well, it's quite believable. I was quite impressed by the... I was quite impressed by the effort that went into the details. Really? Well, someone put in a lot of thought into it. They didn't say Bagot was coming to Europe. They actually put in some effort into, like, making up a whole backstory to it. Well, give me an hour and I could create anything. Well, no, I just thought... I, I was just thinking that... Uh, we, obviously, we hear it and we talk a lot about uh, about stuff throughout the year. And I think... Um, I just want to give people some, like, an idea of uh, the shit what we hear and, and actually what... Because a lot of it is bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, I just can't really think of... I just can't really think of anything because it all kind of turned out as expected. Like, there, there was no... There was no long-running rumour that everyone believed that suddenly went in the opposite direction last minute. I think, what about... I think what about the whole gas gas team? Because obviously Bogus was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, but there was never any talks of anyone else going there. What about Max? Was there any talk of Max going there? Nope. Well, the only talk was that Monticelli was going to stay there. Ah, okay. One thing that really kind of like hit home with me a little bit, which kind of made me go, eh, was when the Kawasaki announcement dropped into my inbox this morning. I'm just pulling it up so I can correctly quote it. At the bottom of the Kawasaki PR, where they're like, even Monticelli joins Monster Energy KRT. Woo, way, woo, ah, woo. At the bottom, it says career highlights. And I thought that Monticelli had done better. I was quite surprised. Like, 15th in MXGP 2020, 11th in MXGP 2019, 23rd in 2018. Like, I don't know. I just thought that he would have been top 10 at some point. Don't get me wrong. 11th for Monticelli in MXGP is a Good result. And that, like, I would not, if he finished 11th this year, I'd be like, yeah, successful. Like, well done. Great work. I don't know, though. I just had it in my head that he was top 10 at some point. Like, overall. And obviously, he's had top five overalls and stuff. But I don't know. I just read it. Maybe it was because I was half asleep. But I just read it and I was like, huh. I thought, obviously, he was injured. He's been injured quite a lot as well. But yeah, I just thought he'd been top 10 at some point. But yeah. also. Is that championship thought- positions, though, or is that highlights of yeah, race? No, championship. Okay. But also, I thought of it from the perspective of, you know, KRT are going to get whole shots. So, can they sell that to sponsors? Like, are sponsors now excited at the prospect of, hey, Monticelli's going to be on TV a lot? And, like, if Fevra has an off weekend and Poodle's around in seventh, chances are Monticelli's going to get a whole shot and he's going to get excuse some coverage. Is that something that they can kind of spin into a positive, or is that a big no? No. Yeah, I don't think you're really selling it to me. Okay. And I just wondered. I just wondered. It just dropped into my head. Yeah. Well, I guess it's nice to get it sort of done. That is the final piece. I mean, JWR being announced, there's going to be nothing else happening, is there? Um, Well, when is JWR being announced? Because I emailed, what? Tonight? no, I said there is going to be no other teams which are going to be announced or anything else. That's the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but I said, I thought I said, when was JWR being announced? And you, when is the second JWR being, uh, rider being announced? You said tonight, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, but I think that'll be sometime this week. Well, uh, yeah, because I've sent the only, well, Marketty KTM, the, who have changed their name, by the way, to MRT. And actually, do you know what really grinds my gears? Uh, yeah, go, go. What? Like, 
Oh, we've like what has happened in MXGP where someone's decided every team has to have a free letter abbreviation. Off the top of my head, we have KRT, DRT, MRT, JWR. Um, one one four is probably a loose inclusion because it's a number. <laughs> <laughs> There's more though. There's more. I had more. I thought uh, MGR. Who deals MGR? Uh, uh, Laren Argus team. Uh, HRC, I mean, we'll let them off. It stands for quite a big company. But, you know, I'm, like, I just feel like there's a lot of three-letter abbreviations in them in the paddock now. Yeah, maybe it's because it's easier to put on the graphics. Yeah, uh, true. SDM. I don't know. Just, like, a lot of, a lot of three-letter abbreviations in the world. But, yeah. No, um, yeah, like I say, Marchetti's second... Uh, oh, no, sorry, that was the third one. We're still waiting for Dixon's second MX2 rider to be announced. Which we already know because, obviously... No, it's Taylor Hamill. Yeah, but it's, it's already but, but, media. But, but, like, you, I will keep a secret, but Jesus Christ, I can't keep a secret till February. <laughs> Who's got the time for that? So, yeah, no, that is pretty... Uh, obviously, Marchetti, like I said, have got, have got to announce a second... MX, uh, not a second, sorry, their MX2 rider as well, because at the moment they have just got Lupino. But maybe that's what they're going to just run with. Well, one thing I want to kind of address is that uh, last week on the show, um, we we obviously knew about Max's injury, but we we couldn't say anything because uh, obviously uh, we although we knew he's injured and we knew what was going on, we didn't actually know the extent of it because you know. And there's something that I think we should um, possibly sort of address and talk about because it's not it's not like a dirty secret. It's just the fact that. There's no point putting anything out until you're actually certain of exactly what's going on. So that was the kind of... I, I, was, I was certain of what's going on, but the way it works, the way the, like, the unwritten rule is if you find out a rumour on your own accord, then you kind of have free reign with it because you did the work and you found it out. If someone comes, if a rider comes to you and says, hey, I'm doing this, but don't tell anyone, then obviously you can't, that's, that you're like, you haven't earned that the right to spread that. So I, I knew what would happen. I just was waiting for it to come out in the correct way because at the end of the day, there was a lot of false information being spread around. So I wanted MX Vice to have the correct information when it was the right time rather than speculation at the wrong time. And, and for those who um, probably still a little bit unaware because they've heard lots of different sources of what is the correct uh, information up to now? Just a slight lower back injury. He'll be he'll be all right. He'll be back soon enough. Within them, he'll be racing Supercross within the month, I'd imagine. So yeah, it's actually everything's going quite well as far as the recovery goes and things. So there's no worries or anything. Yeah, it's just a minor hiccup. And I can kind of like say that is pretty much straight from the horse's mouth because you pretty much talk to Max, don't you, daily? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I like to um, keep in touch with what's going on on the other side of the world. Right, so now we've covered a little bit of MXGP. Nothing else happening in the world of MXGP, is there? That's it. No, it's been a really quiet week. Um, if it wasn't, if Houston wasn't happening, there would have been absolutely nothing happening in motocross this week. One thing I'm still intrigued to see is I'm um, waiting on the some kind of updated MXGP calendar. Like maybe there isn't one coming, and there is no need at the moment. But I kind of feel like. I don't know. I'm just waiting to hear something, like some kind of clarity. Because to be honest, I haven't booked any hotels for this year because I'm kind of count. I'm kind of thinking that it's going to change a lot. So that's an issue. Well, I think that's quite a, an interesting um, remark, actually, because they have been very, very quiet, haven't they? Yeah, but I think 
I think correctly because at the end of the day, the season is still seventy-two days away, and I don't. I would imagine that they're trying to avoid getting into the same hoo-ha they were in last year, where they're sending out another calendar every three weeks and just constantly confusing people. I'd imagine they. I'd imagine rather than do that now, they're trying to give information when it's ironclad rather than like we're going racing in May. We hope we're going like like last year, which was obviously in part because no one knew anything about COVID-19, but now people know something, know how it all works and kind of the gist of the situation. I think that they're just waiting to, you know, give information when they have something to say. Because at the end of the day, what good would what good would a second calendar be now that we all look at and go, well, that's not well. But I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. Can, I, I still hold out a bit of hope that Oman's going to happen. I'm still holding out hope that uh, Matley's still going to happen. Well, it's not on the calendar. I think it might appear sort of later on in the year. Who knows? Like, who knows? Who knows? There could be. There could be. It could be like last year where we could have fifty percent of the tracks doing um, multiple events. It could be like last year where tracks that you wouldn't even think of, like Fienza, are just let like catapulted in. Like it's kind of just a bit of a waiting game at the moment. But I know some teams are kind of antsy to know what's going on because obviously boot camp is kind of underway for a lot of people. Like everyone's in full training mode now. So yeah, and which is a, a long warm up for the big. big- you know, for the for the main. Well, game. you don't want to be doing boot camp in February if actually round one's going to be in June. No, but, <laughs> no, so. no, you don't. Um, are we going to move on to this game? Yeah, if you like, let's do it. Okay, um, that means that I need to pull up the sponsoring because I am in fact the host of this. Are you smarter than a birth game? Presented by Even Strokes. Um, Even Strokes is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox. Procs and more. Uh, be sure to visit www.evenstrokes.com for deals on products, especially as the new race season edges closer. There's a lot of opportunities to get everything that you need to go racing at a great price, as well as win prizes, uh, because everyone who makes a purchase of £15 or more gets entered into a draw to win £1,000 worth of prizes each month. So you can't say fairer than that. Speaking of fair, will these questions be fair to James? Let's find out. <laughs> Were you really struggling to think who you're on the line with? Oh my God, you're struggling today. No, I'm fine. Question one. Similar to the question at the beginning of the year, after Houston, where does Supercross go next? Oh, easy. Indianapolis. Okay, I'm surprised you knew that that confidently. I just watched Supercross. Yeah, but I'm just surprised you knew that. Okay, that makes sense. Name (laughs) the top three in the final 450 championship standings in 2006. Oh, fuck's sake. Supercross, obviously. Name in the order. top three. In, in any order. I don't want you to do them in position order. I just want the top three riders. Uh, Carmichael. Um, Carmichael Stuart Reed. That's correct. Oh, two out of two. Not only is it correct, you had it in the correct order as well. Get in. I'm on fire. Yeah. On fire. I'm surprised. You, you had to use your common sense there, and I'm surprised you actually managed it. Brilliant, thanks. Question three. 27 riders have won Grand Prix on a Yamaha since 2004. 
Name 10 of those riders. Haven't we done this? No, we did that with KTM. We're now on Yamaha. Okay, uh, Coppins. Tick. Um, February. Tick. Uh, Caroli. Tick. Everts. Tick. Uh, is this 450 or two, and 250? Uh, just Grand Prix in general. Just Grand Prix in general. Um, uh, well, Gertz, because... Yep, yeah, tick. Uh, Paulan. Tick. Uh, Seawer. Tick. Uh, ben Watson. Tick. Two more. Uh, um, 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 Joe Rollins. False. Bollocks. Random, random pick that, but go on. Uh, you get three forces, by the way. I get okay. Uh, three forces. Oh, two more. Two more. I think. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Mark DeRuver. False. Bollocks. One more false. Uh, Philip Hartz. Correct. One more. You've got one more false and one more to get. This is sudden death, essentially. Oh, <laughs> um, 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 bollocks, 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 bollocks. I'm just trying to go back in my head. Jesus. Uh, oh, Leoc. Correct. What? Are, that's a pool. Come on. Where did you get Leoc from? I remember, I, re- I sure you, answer, you asked me something similar before. And yeah, I think I might have asked you something similar. Well, yeah. in that case, I'm going to have to post, I'm going to have to um, put these results under review. I can't give you a pass. I'll have to oh, I'll get back to you next week. That I'll is three out of three. Three out of three. I'll get back to you next week on, um, on the uh, judge's verdict. Uh, no, no, you're not. Okay. Question four. Honestly. How many overalls did Dylan Ferrandis win in MXGP MX2? Uh, I'm going to go with... I want to say zero, but I'm going to say one. Where's two? Bollocks. Okay, so you need this question right to pass. Okay, no pressure. Oh, God. See, what is going on today? Somehow that just set off my Siri, and my Siri was just trying to make me pass. You need this question right to pass. Okay. Question five. Who is Beater's second MXGP rider this year? Jimmy Clochet. I didn't expect you to know that. Come on! That's your second pass in history. Not going to lie, I threw those questions together at the very last minute, so... Uh, um, you need to do that again because that was way better. I, I'm, I'm actually think I'm improving. Well, I'm surprised you knew Indianapolis. The Carmichael Stewart read was common sense, but I wasn't sure you'd have that common sense. Yeah, maybe we have done the Yamaha one similarly in the past. So, but hey, yeah. what a great memory. Um, for Anders, you were just way off. You were debating between zero and one. Neither were correct. And the last question was very easy, but I was kind of thought I'd throw you a bone there. And also, if you got it wrong, it would have been very funny. <laughs> You're such a prick. Brilliant. Uh, well, that's the game, which everybody hates. If anybody would like this replaced with something else, please send a message uh, in. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Blenzel Oil, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercross Live, Backyard Design UK, and Talon engineering 
Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Lewis, are we going to have another Formula Fly Helmet competition coming up soon? Uh, yeah, next week, I believe. Excellent. So make sure you listen next week for your chance to win that very same helmet. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 55 of the MX Vice Show podcast. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaware and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. And a little personal update on my uh, suspension woes. Obviously, uh, we can't get out at the moment and we're in lockdown. We can't actually get out of the UK. So I've had to put my factory A kit suspension on hold for at least another month. But as soon as everything's lift, uh, lifted, I will be taking the KX250F 2020 
over to technical touch for that more, you know, that important suspension upgrade. Ready for my debut season in the 45 plus vets. Just so you know, Lewis. How old are you? Uh, 45. Oh. Yeah, so just qualify. Uh, there's only uh, probably one person in my group, uh, me. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to do well this year. I'm surprised the British motocross scene is strong enough to have that specific a class. Oh, you know, you, you underestimate uh, the local talent of 45-plus riders. Well, I'm not really underestimating talent. I'm just underestimating the amount of riders. I can understand there being a 35-plus cast, okay. but I can't imagine there's enough riders to fill a 45-plus cast. It's, it's strong, Lewis. It's strong. Lo- local okay. motocross West is very, very strong. Uh, one, day, one day, we need to get you down riding at uh, Formbury MX, just for you to see? Um, I don't think I've ever been to Formbury. Yeah, well, right. That doesn't ring a bit of a bell. Gloucester area, Froster, uh, Arlingham, some fantastic tracks. What was we're, the track? We're, what was, what, the track Brooke, I did my Brooke first Fort. adult. I've done Brookford loads. I went over the bars. You know, like, before the finish, there's, like, steps. Like, it goes down slight. It's like still I used to be. I went over the bars big time. Awesome. That's great. Um, let's talk a little bit as well about our sponsor list. We've got some new ones. Who are they? What's going on? So Blenzel Oil, America. Yeah, um, I'm quite excited to work with Blenzel Oil. It's quite a little, like, little unknown fact. We actually have quite a good split of countries on this podcast. Like our Australia, UK, America listeners are all split like kind of equally. And then the rest of the European countries follow. But um. No, I feel I, I, I'm quite excited to um, help push Blenzel forward in Europe in their uh, quest to be the best. And yeah, nice, no, good to have them on. And Supercross Live, obviously, um, we offered some passes out to some lucky winners. And uh, we've been working closely with them for about the past what? four years. So you got a pass, but you couldn't use it because you've all automatically paid, yes? Yeah, so. Yeah, little story. But do um, we know that? For, do we know that exactly like that is confirmed now? You, do, you yeah. have paid again. Yeah, I basically got automatic subscription set up. So, um, well, should we just, give your pass away then? Uh, we could do. We could do if you want to. I mean, most people would have probably already paid, but someone might want it. Well, maybe we could reward Jukebox Beats, who who wants to watch Supercross, uh, who tirelessly works on this podcast. Maybe we should reward him. Or maybe we should reward Lewis and give him two codes. Oh, you're a knob. Uh, also, Backyard Design UK. Tell us a little bit about Backyard Design UK, because this is interesting. Well, I had to... Um, the person that this deal was negotiated with was a Tommy Cell. And um, because who knew Tommy Cell was just like pushing this graphics, graphics company like no other. So, and who knew, actually, this Backyard Design Company, which most people probably would have heard of through Tommy, because that's how the only reason I'd heard of it, is actually massive everywhere but the UK. Like, massive, massive, as far as I know. So, yeah, just doing a little... In return, Tommy will be appearing on multiple podcasts. Wow. Look forward to that. The, the, new, the new Tommy Searle. The media-friendly Tommy Searle. The media darling. The me- Yes. He does vlogs and everything now. It's just, it's just unreal. His vlogs are quite good, to be fair. I think 
his views are good. And I think people underestimate, I think he even underestimates the star power that he still has. He, can you imagine how big he would have been, though, if he'd done this 10 years ago? Well, he would have been massive because no one had heard of the word vlog before. So he would have been like Christopher Columbus. You worry me sometimes. Um, right, let's move on to our Leah Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Every week, the fans send in questions. We appreciate it. Lewis has uh, altered some of the questions he did tell me uh, before we came on uh, for our second uh, part two, just because obviously uh, Houston 2 was last night, so he had to put some clarity into there. Yeah, some questions were submitted before Houston too, so. Okay, so huge thanks to everybody. Um, I didn't get involved in the questions, but Lewis says that there's always lots of questions and he just picks the ones which fit quite well into the show. So a huge thank you to everybody who does that every single week. Did you know that the Liat Net Brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmets, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Buy a new 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles. So, Lewis, are you ready? Yeah, what are you sure. doing now? Are you clearing out your drawer? Um, what? What, what do you want well, to understand the joke? Well, you seem to be making a lot of noise. Are you playing with toys with Dougie or, or, or what's going on? Um, my chair is suddenly very creaky, which makes me wonder if I'm going to be on my arse in a minute. Oh, do you need to go to the toilet again? No, no. I mean, the chair creaking has nothing to do with that. I mean, the chair is probably going to collapse. Okay, right. Uh, first question, at Aaron Lewis, 225. Why don't you ask Paul Malin about the race during your post-race interviews? Planet Motor bombshell of the week is that you dodged by question again. Why? Yeah, um, I've dodged. This question's been sent in four weeks in a row by Aaron Lewis. So he really wants an answer to this, like feels very passionately. Um, so I finally put it in. But it's kind of a non-question, really. Like, I don't understand it. Can you explain to me? Well, he just want, he just he basically thinks that in, when I interview riders in the post-race interviews, I should be interviewing Malin. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm very confused. Oh. Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, he was obviously a very big listener to this podcast because he knows what the planet might bombshell of a week is. But, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand why. I need more, I need more information. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Motor Holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport and more. There is even a Planet Moto Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Moto Holidays for more. That is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week because I have no idea what that question is. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Aaron. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like you think, I feel like it's pissed you off that I'm not interviewing Malin after the races. So apologies. I'm sorry that this has angered you. I just thought that maybe you'd want to hear from the riders instead of someone who's seen the action from my viewpoint. To be fair, if um, you wouldn't be able to catch Malin after the race anyway because uh, he's pretty much um, stuck in the, the TV booth from the point that the race finishes uh, to about 3 o'clock in the morning. He's working in there and, and catching up on the, uh, 
uh, he has to do like the, I think it's the magazine, the 24 minute magazine show in loads of other stuff. So, um, yeah, even if we, even if we could, which probably wouldn't make zero sense because that's kind of what Lewis does. He wouldn't be, be available anyway. Uh, next question at Alex Griffiths, favorite Australian rider of all time. What is your favorite great galah? Well, it's easy, isn't it? It's Chad Reed. Jed Lawrence? Jed. Jed. You definitely yeah, just said Jed. Yeah, he's a cross between uh, oh my gosh. and Lawrence. That might be your lowest point on the podcast. I would almost have even accepted you getting Chad Reed's name wrong. But Jed Lawrence won a Supercross last night. Look, I made a simple mistake. And you turn it into a massive, massive thing. Because I'm not even asking for knowledge at this point. I'm just asking for you to get the names I've correct. I said a name wrong. Like, chill the fuck out. Honestly, you just jump on anything. It's because you're tired. It's, it's commitment to excellence. Commitment to excellence. No. Right, okay, so Chad Reed. Oh, yeah, I was a big Chad Reed fan. Um, I remember the first Supercross I ever went to was 2007 Anaheim one. And I remember being in, like, you know, in the hotels where you have, like, the computers in the lobby. Yep. I remember paying my... my two dollars or whatever it was and using that to check racer x of a day before or two days before anaheim one and i remember going on racer x and it's saying that chad reed had injured his shoulder and my will just fell apart around me true or false um is it true that you has used to have a, a chad reed bedspread true i had a chad reed um duvet and i also had a chad reed bin and a chad reed lunchbox I also had a Chad Reed backpack for school. This was, but this was, this was back in the, this was when I was like in first school. Rocks along with my Chad Reed lunchbox. What about you? You can answer that. You can answer that. What my Jed Lawrence, maybe. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Jed Lawrence's work, but You're clearly such... you've made an impression on you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm just gonna be boring and say the same. I also was an Andrew McFarlane fan, and I can't really remember why, but I remember in 2005 when he was going for a title in Crowley, I remember being quite invested in wanting him to win. At Cal Crossland 26, who were your unexpected performers at Houston? Um, well, this question was one of the ones that was submitted after Houston won, but we'll cover the first two with this. I feel like my no one has surprised me actually no sorry one person has surprised me in a good no sorry two people have surprised me in a good way but no one else has really shocked me in a positive way i'm more bit i've more been shocked in a oh like that's it done away max voland is my biggest positive surprise by far because every single report and opinion and general just everything that was said about max voland pre-season was negative too early, not good enough, going to be rough, blah, blah, blah. But he's doing, I think, about as well as anyone could expect. And looks, looks apart as well. And I don't think it, like, I'm pretty sure that the general consensus was that if he could make the main, then that would be impressive. But he's like, I, I think he's been um, super impressive, far and beyond. And same with Craig, obviously. Although I guess you could kind of say you would expect that, just like there'd be a kind of clause in expecting that because of the bike. But you kind of think maybe that would lead to a step up. Yeah, but my biggest takeaway from the first two is that we're two rounds in and I have no answers. All of the questions I would have, I would have going into round one, we're two rounds in and I don't know. I don't, I don't like Tomac's being cold hot. Um, Barsha got stuck in first gear last night, so... Okay, but still, that wasn't two consistent races. 
Roxon was quite impressive coming through the pack, so he's probably the most the person who's shown us the most twice in a row. Um, Webb has been Webb was questionable at best for the first one and a half of the main events, and then in the last half of Houston two, just suddenly came alive and was the Webb that everyone expects to see. Like I don't know what we're seeing. I don't. I don't know. Basically, I don't know. Like I don't know what's going to happen at Houston three because. Like I feel like normally after the second round, you kind of have started to get a gist of it. But I just feel like it's still so wide open. I, I, I'd i like to add that I think Justin Brayton um, has been the biggest surprise because given the the level of talent, if you, if you look at the top 13 riders in 450, the fact that he podiumed in the second round, that's a huge surprise. I, I fully expected him to come in in, in you know, top 10. But, but to get a podium, uh, no one would have called that. And then going back to Webby, I think he's a little bit of a late starter due to when I was watching it. Um, I think uh, was it Daniel Blair or somebody said that um, he's he picked up an injury in December. I don't um, think he picked up an injury. I think there was just a bit of a scare. Yeah, but basically he's a little bit late, as in um, as in being ready for Supercross, and he's just getting healthier and healthier, or much race fitness. The exciting thing to me is. Um, is that okay? So the first round, uh, top three: Barsha, Roxon, Musquin. Uh, second round: Tomac, Ferrandis, Brayton. On Sunday, no, sorry, Saturday. On Saturday, there is a very real chance that we could have a completely three new podium riders again. Like having Webb, Osborne, um, and Cincerello is not out of the question. We could have no. another completely new podium, which is mental, like absolutely yeah. mental. Like, that would not even shock me, but it should do because that's the most mind-blowing. Like, to have three rounds on three different podiums would be the most mind-blowing thing ever. Having two rounds on two different podiums is... Yeah. I um, I mean, it's yeah. so good. It is so good. And I don't want to be... Uh, I think there needs to be a little bit of a, a nod of respect as well to Dylan Woodcock. The fact that he's qualifying for the main um, is pretty cool. So I, I kind of didn't expect him to do that. I know he's been, been there previous years and um, he's kind of struggled to the main, but that, that's, you know, super positive. Uh, Acker MX67, who's slower, Lewis or Burf? That's easiest, Lewis. I am, um, I can't even remember how fast I was. Sure as shit. I can't remember. I am, um, I even think at 45 and you're 25, I still think I'm faster. Well, my track record is that when I don't ride for a while and I start riding again for the first time, I'm yeah. at my fastest because I forget my level. So I don't okay. know what my, I forget what my comfort zone is. So I don't know. And then after I ride a couple of times, I kind of remember where my comfort zone was and then I become slower. That's kind of how I go. Do you kind of hmm? think that the reason why you've retired and you don't want to ride is because you don't want to be beaten by a 45 year old guy 20 years ago? No, the reason why I retired is because I, I, doing my shitty little club races where I'd finish like 17th consistently, I would take it so seriously that it made it miserable for me. Like, honestly, I would put pressure on myself like it was Anaheim 1. And like, if I finished if I finish 12th and I felt like I could have finished 10th, I would all week I'd just be beating myself up about it. Because it, I just, I, I'm so committed to excellence that um, there's no fun. It's just, it's just results. It's all results. That's what it was for me. It was all results. I just needed to be the best I could be. 
and I never was, and it always made me angry. But it's uh, it's kind of crazy because no one ever put that pressure on you. Well, no, I put the pressure on myself because I, I I do that's you, you've seen it through MX Vice. How much pressure do I put on myself that's unwarranted? Well, you you actually went to to hospital because your brain swelled. Yeah, because I was putting so much pressure on. Well, that was kind of to do with you, but we'll get into that another day. <laughs> it was nothing to do with me. You are you were the direct cause. But um, no, yeah, I, I like I used to enjoy racing when I went when I did well by my standards, but I used to put so much pressure on myself. I don't know. When Brad's locked down, we definitely definitely going riding. But it's the same thing. If we went to a practice track, I would be putting so much pressure on myself. I don't know. I just can't not. I just can't not do it. I just can't not do something and try to. I can't do something for a laugh. I have to try and like. If I go bowling, you best believe that that ball is being called all kinds of words if it goes in the gutter because I demand a level of excellence from myself. Talk about punching above your weight. Last year, and last year when I was in California, we had a table football. Last year when we were in California, we had a table football table in our house, and um, I was a bit of a uh, uh, legend at it, some might say. And I beat Max <laughs> like ten times in a row or something. Like I beat Max yeah. ten times in a row. I was undefeated. Like he couldn't figure out how to beat me. And then I lost one. Bearing in mind I'd won ten, I lost one, and it was as if my world had fallen apart about me, around me. I took it so bad. I just can't do it. I do, I do worry about you. Um, at <laughs> Inferkis94, is Davey Puchis going to be back in MX2 in 2021? If he is, he is definitely a dark horse going into the season. Now, did I or did I not see uh, a picture of him injured again? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure you just saw an old photo of him when he did his arm in like June or whenever it was. Oh, that's okay then. That's okay then. Um, I would presume that he's going to be back with the FNH shot team, but obviously, because that's kind of a side deal, it's never really publicised. I keep meaning to contact Pooches, but I don't have any recent photos of him to do anything on him, which is annoying, because I'd quite like to do a bit of a deep dive. But no, he would be an underdog, but honestly, it's been a while. It's, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, I remember saying before the most recent injury that, like, I just feel like one more injury might... Like, I just feel like he's at the brink of having too many injuries. And um, yeah. I don't know. Especially, I think he put on Instagram that he almost lost his arm in this most recent one. That's the... Yeah, I think that was the, the picture I'm referring to. Yeah. Yeah, like, Jesus. Like, the poor guy... Like, you've got a feel for him because he should be on a progression that Watson's been on, essentially. Like, look at how Watson, Muse have all made their respective steps forward. Pooches should have been doing that as well. Let's not forget he got on the podium in 2019. Uh, Mantle so I don't know I really you know what I, if he races this year and if he's healthy and if he makes it to every round I really hope he has a good season not for any reason other than just for him because you know what I'm a nice guy okay uh, well nice guy here's the next question at Thomas underscore SB93 could you do an interview about AJ27 on how things have been and what the goals are for this year oh yeah speaking about me being a nice guy um, I thought about this a lot and I just feel like I want to give him some space. And maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. But I just feel like I don't really want to ring him up and be like, so how was it? What happened? How did you feel? How do you feel now? What do you expect? For this? Like, I just feel like I just want to give the guy 
I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about what happened. I just want to kind of want to give him some space and talk to him like right before the season or after the first round when there's something new and positive to talk about, you know? Like, I don't know. Do you think I'm like, am I wrong in that? I just feel like, I feel like there's not much, there wouldn't be much to come from it as far as like new information. And I, I would feel a bit uncomfortable ringing him up and just running through everything that happened with him, which he probably doesn't remember and how difficult it was when he's still not even back on a bike yet. So he's still technically early stages of recovery. Well, I, I think there's no wrong or right way. So um, I guess you don't know what he wants to do until you actually talk to him. Um, he True, I just, I don't sat, know. I just, he might just I be just, sat by the phone saying, Lewis doesn't love me anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just feel like... No, when I, when I was riding, space, you know? like, when I was him, riding, he was interviewing me. He was my friend. He was messaging me. Now, I've crashed. He doesn't even want to speak to me. No well, that, that is another way of looking at it. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I just want to give yeah. him some space, let him go about his business. Because I feel like the best thing for him is to just go about his business in Belgium under the radar and just like in his own time rather than... It's kind of six months long enough. Well, well, it's only been... Maybe, maybe a friend would reach out. It's only been three months. Maybe a friend would reach out. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel a bit like I see. I even see people now interviewing Andy about like how not how terrible that day was, and I'm just like, I don't think any of them want to be reminded of that. Like, I don't know. Like, well, eventually, what? sure. Like after there's a after if Jazakonis makes it to the first round and he gets a top twelve, then sure. Like, because there's a you can put such a positive spin on it. Whereas right now he probably doesn't have the answers to any of the questions about the future or. Oh, are you going to reach your old level? He doesn't know that. Are you going to blah, blah, blah? What's your goals? Like, he doesn't know that, I'm sure. Okay. But m- maybe just send him a text saying, uh, this is not for an interview, but just want to say, hey, I'm here. We're still friends. We're still France. Friends. France. Um, no. Yeah. No, like, I feel like it's big of me, no? Is it not respectful of me? Like, I'm, I'm not just going out there for the clips. Uh, I, I think maybe... Uh, on a personal level, you should probably try and connect. Oh. Oh, we'll, just, we'll just leave it there. No pressure. Uh, at Hentk Jan Lewis, I bought an SX Pass. Do you have tips which Supercross races from now back to 2010 to watch? Good question. Okay. What would you recommend, Lewis? 2011 Atlanta. 2011 Jacksonville. Um, 2013 Minneapolis. Um, God, I'm really doing this off the top of my head. Those three stick out. Um, and you, really, you really need to get out more. I would, I would personally just watch the 2011 season from start to finish because that was phenomenal. So start from Anaheim 1, sit down, take it all in, because you, like, you won't remember the results week to week, so it'll be a bit exciting. Just take all of that in from 2011 start to finish. But no, Toronto 2014, Toronto 2014, that's another one. Um, Anaheim won 2014, 250s were good that day, and that was Roxon's first 450 win in his debut, so that's obviously big. It really gets me how Lee Diffie says debut, just his accent. I don't know why, every time I hear it, it like, I just, I'm just like, debut? How much do you love Supercross? I love Supercross. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Have you got anybody to talk to about it? Because I actually am starting to worry now. 
um, about you and your health? Oh, I'll tell you what, Hank. I'll put some more thought into it. Those, those are definitely my top predictions, uh, not predictions, my top picks. I would fully recommend watching 2011 season start to finish. Will not, rec- will, will not regret it. If you want particular races, 2011 Atlanta and 2011 Jacksonville, especially if you're going to watch the qualifying races, because to get the full effect of Jacksonville, you need to watch the whole thing, the whole program. But yeah, I'll put some more thought into it and see if anything else comes to mind, but that should get you started, mate. What's such a nice guy? What a guy. Maybe we should start a podcast called, like, Ask nice Lewis. Guy. Nice guy. Agony Art Lewis. Yeah. That'd be quite funny, actually. We'll be back for part three. We're just going to take a little bit of break where we'll answer some more questions. Uh, we're brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Blenzel Oil, KYB, Evenstrokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, and, of course, Talon Engineering. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increase comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice Show podcast. Episode 55, if you didn't already know. 
Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Blenzel Oil, KYB, Even Strokes, SupercrossLive.tv, Backyard Design UK, and Talon Engineering. The final part of the MX5 show is brought to you by Talon Engineering, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, Factory Racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, Build Base Honda, and more put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more talent information at talon-eng.com. If you're looking for next day talons, uh, head over to evenstrokes.com. Uh, we have around about 40 sets of Talon Evo wheels for KTM, Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki, uh, Husqvarna, uh, basically every bike, all available in stock and ready to deliver next day. So, Lewis, we were talking before the break um, about the Ask Vice Anything uh, questions. We still got four questions to go. At Simo Lolf, who do you think will be the next high profile MXGP rider to make the switch to the USA? Now, that's an interesting question, Lewis, because um, you've kind of were a little bit kind of dismissive for the last few weeks on Ferrandis, who obviously posted his best 450 result in Houston, too. I mean, his best 450 result, he, he's done two races. Still saying you, you didn't have I mean, him down as a podium. We could have done a podcast on Monday and you could have gone, well, Lewis, on Saturday, Ferrandis posted his best 450 hey, results. You got something wrong. It's okay. No, I, I admit that I underestimated him and Musquin, but um, yeah, I did. I underestimated them both. I don't know why. Didn't mean he to. Did look a bit, he would. did look a bit... Sorry, mm. keep talking over you. He did look a bit squirrely through the whoops a few times. Yeah, I saw. I noticed that. But I, I will say that I said that I believe Sexton is the faster, going to be the faster and most capable of success. And I think he has proven me right. That Sexton crash last night uh, Houston 2 was I've never seen a crash like it I don't think do you, do you know the one which um, I was like wow is the Vince Freeze one where he literally falls off the back of the bike oh what in the heat race yeah I was like oh wow and the bike literally it was just a bizarre old night it was a bizarre old night it was anyway who's the next rider who's going to switch from MXGP to the US um, Any thoughts? Hakan Fredrickson wants to go. That's why he signed for. You Bart. know what? I was going to say that. I was going to say that he. Uh, uh, we watched him at Paris, and he looked pretty decent. And um, I don't remember him doing Paris. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was in the same uh, races. Is it Joey? Joey Krang? Was it Joey Krang winning? I have no memory of Hakan Fredrickson doing Paris. Literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just have no memory of it. Yeah, he was top five. He was it was uh, Joey Crown, um, uh, the violin player, and uh, Frederick. Where has the violin player gone? He's just gone again. He's just gone again. Yeah, he's, it's he's like we had there. him. Someone should have been watching him because now he's fucked off again. Yeah, honestly, you but we should have taken better care. Yeah, now we've lost the violin player again. Yeah, that's what he's literally gone again. Who, whose job was it to watch him? Fuck me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, but do I think he'll make it over there? Eh? Do I think anyone would sign him? Eh? So I don't even know if he'd ever go. I know he wants to, though. I believe Beniston has expressed some kind of interest, but I don't know. I doubt he'd go. I just don't really feel like it's going to, uh, not for any reason, I just don't really feel like it's going to happen 
anytime soon with anyone just because Supercross is bloody hard. And I think everyone looks at what they saw last night and goes, well, you know what? I'm probably better off just sticking to GPs. Not because GPs are easier, but just because it's what they know. Okay, what about, what about uh, my pick would be possibly Mitch Evans? No. He's on a multi-year deal with HRC, so by the time that's up... Okay. I don't think I've say, ever heard Mitch Evans mention Supercross. Save this as a soundbite, Rob, for when I'm right in a few years. I swear I've never heard him mention Supercross. Well, he doesn't Supercross in Australia. Oh, who can forget? Exactly. So, there we go. Boom. Done. I mean, I remember it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I remember him showing me that crash. That was insane. Um, next question. At Tom Cumber 22 thoughts on Web 2 Mac. Was the panic button pressed after H1? Yeah, this was one I, I edited slightly because he asked, he asked it before H2 whether it was time to push the panic button, so I just edited it slightly. Sure. I was, I, going into H2, I was more panicky about Tomac than I was Webb because I just kind of believe, like, Webb doesn't have two bad races in a row. He tends to always rebound because he gets a bit between his teeth, gets a bit angry, and there you go. But I don't know. Tomac won last night, which is great. But I still don't think it was the to- type of Tomac ride. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't seem like a... It wasn't Tomac crushing everyone. No. Sexton and AC were faster. Osborne closed in. Like, I don't know. It still wasn't... It wasn't enough for me to go, oh, well, look at Tomac. He's going to destroy everyone. But obviously the championship standings... At, at the time of recording, the championship standings aren't out because there's penalties being decided and all sorts. But the top... Five are within like three points. Yeah, it's close. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a really close year. Well, it'd be nice for the championship to go down for the final round. I think there's a good chance of that. The first time since 20. Well, did actually, I think Anderson. Uh, no, it went down in 2018, so this hasn't been that long. Actually, yeah. it went down in 2019 as well. Still, it keeps going. It's been, it's been down to the last round a lot lately, but it's never really been that high tense because. You just kind of know what's going to happen. Okay. Next question. At Chris United 93 what's your expectations for DeWolf this season? Does he have the same as Van Moostijk? I don't think you can say that because Moostijk was um, the reigning MX250 champion. And he'd already, been on an MX, he'd already been on an MX2 podium coming into 2020. Uh, 20. Whereas DeWolf has not even raced an MX2 Race, not to mention he's younger, less experienced, so he's he's not on the same path as Moustite. Um In a year's time, I will then have the same expectations for him as I had for Moustite coming into year just gone. Yeah, I guess he's, he is about a year behind, isn't he? Yeah, if not more. But I think yeah. he will surprise because I think expectations are low. I think he'll surprise people with whether that be practice times, qualifying races. I think he will have a few like times when everyone's like, oh, wait, we might have something here. Um, I'm sure there'll be some rough times, some bumps in a row, crashes and whatnot, but I think he could have a podium issue. Do you think? I think that's a fair expectation for his first season. Okay. I'm more thinking towards the end of the year, but... Yeah, I I was... Yeah, I think that's... I Yeah, I, I can't see him podium this... I think, it's, I think that class is stacked. I think is I it though? We've, we've lost Ben. We've lost Olsen. It's only two. Yeah, but they, those two were like 
that's two of basically the strong top five that there was. It's it's stacked, but it's not stacked as far as um like, oh well those guys can't be beaten. Like it's stacked as in you have Muse and you have Vassen, but they're in the same position as the Wolf. They're going for their first podiums too. Yeah. If you look at it, um then you've got the Allen girls will be next level, Renault beaten, most like Beniston maybe will be the next level. But then after that, Muse, Vassen, um, DeWolf, uh, Borome, Harrop, like they're all in like this toss-up category where they can make an impact on that league group, but they're all kind of in the same position where they're going for it, whereas they haven't like they haven't already done it. Yeah. One one rider I'm I'm not part of this question, but one rider I'm looking forward to uh seeing progress is is Isaac Gifton to see if he can take last year's form. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to you again. I'll just thought of it, and it's relevant at the moment. Um, so FNH were on a Scott Goggles deal. Yeah. That's no longer by the looks of it, because I've seen most like riding with 100% goggles. Ice One were on a Scott Goggles deal. That's no more, because just one are now there. And there's another team in GPs. I don't know what, I don't know why, I don't know why. But just from perusing social media, Scott Goggles seem to be falling off a little bit in the paddock as far as like coverage on riders. That's weird. They must have a new um, a new plan strategy for this year. Uh, they still got Prado though, haven't they? Yeah, as far as I can tell. Maybe they. And I've maybe still got they had in America. I know they had some like sixty riders at one point. I think back four years ago, three four years ago, they had sixty riders in. Um, in MXGP, EMX, that's a lot of athletes to look after. And I think the, the biggest problem with goggles was the, uh, it was not actually the supply of goggles, it was the tear-offs. The riders would just get through so many tear-offs. So when you were looking after so, like the budget for, for tear-offs was incredible. So, um, ah, who knows, maybe they're, they're uh, maybe cutting back, maybe they're putting their order eggs into one basket, who knows? Maybe they're just reassessing if we've got Prado, then like what good do others do like i can definitely understand that mentality yeah maybe just a strategy shift but interesting like you say like the that how you know literally they they ran mxgp goggle wise and um yeah i'm trying to think what the there was definitely a third team there's a third team that i've seen change but i can't think who it is um it'll come to me at some point but yeah just saying i noticed on social media from what seeing people practice and stuff uh, I'm guessing Sean Simpson's one of them. Wasn't he a Scott? Scott oh, Goggles? yeah, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, that's the other one. Sean was Scott Goggles for as long as I can remember. And he's now Liat Goggles. So Liat Goggles, obviously, great product and a step up um, by all accounts. But still, just surprising that that's another one that Scott have lost. Yeah, interesting. I mean, like I say, I can't blame Sean because he's gone to the Liat Goggle, which by all accounts is a step up and a great direction. This segment is brought to you by Liat. Oh, remember that. yeah. Remember, Leah, ask Vice anything. I, like, I feel like you just didn't understand what I was saying. Then. No, 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 I did. I did. Very good, very oh. good. Uh, at Dan Evans 525, any chance LP could get some of his MXGP guys together and do an online quiz, MXGP related, with them to see who has the best knowledge about past riders, tracks, and teams? That would be really interesting and a good watch. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I've said it before, but when Tommy jumps into the co-host chair for this podcast next, because 
Tommy will do a few of these, and he won't. We won't just be talking about Tommy's career. Tommy will be effectively a journalist, which is exciting. Very. I'm looking forward to doing the "Are You Smarter Than a Birth" game, but with Tommy about his own career. Are you smarter than Cyril? But like about questions about his own career. So see, like how, like where was your first GP win? Like see if he just knows that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like. I it. mean, I can't imagine it's as big of a car crash as your games. But, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I do not know. Uh, no, I I would like to do stuff like that. I'm, I don't know. I, maybe that's one for the GP season when I can actually sit with someone rather than do it over Zoom because I feel like the whole Zoom thing's a bit played out now. Well, it's, Zoom's a kind of norm. Um, but that's, I, was, I was literally... Uh, we had some really good plans for the British podcast show. There was going to be three or four of us. And uh, that's all on hold because everybody's in lockdown. So it's like, I don't really want to do it over... Uh, like we're doing now, like you're in Brighton, I'm in in uh, near Bath. So, it, you know, it's, it's so much better when you've got people in the studio when you can kind of uh, read their faces and body language and, and, and stuff like that. It's... You've got to understand, James, you are in the middle of nowhere. So are you. Well, I don't know. If I feel like I'm, I feel like it's easier for people to, like, there's that, I feel like it's easier for people to get to me than it is to you. Well, that's we'll. Agree to disagree. No. One thing I should mention is that uh, escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sun as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.com for more information. Now, a lot of people I've seen on social media have took advantage of Planet Moto especially from the UK where uh, they kind of read kind of that there was going to be a lockdown and literally everybody like just went on a massive exodus first part, first week of January and and managed to escape lockdown. So um, fair play, the guys at Planet Moto have um, have got a good place down there. Uh, Definitely something I want to try and visit this year. Now I've got my my road bike license. I can do some Enduro as well as hitting the motocross tracks. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. You, you would do, I'm confused. How does a road bike license let you do enduro? Because uh, over in Spain, uh, you can go to the mountains and stuff, which you have to go on some of the roads. So um, it's like on-road and off-road with some of the enduro. Oh. So um, that's one of the main reasons I got my bike license. Yeah, and you can, you can still be one of those people to dart over to Spain, like... Um, there are still options available with Planet Moto right now if you get in touch with them. And one of the actual big pluses to it that I don't think people realise is you get to use your own bikes. Like they will, they will effectively collect and then take your own bikes to Spain for you while you fly or whatever you want to do. Do you know so, what I was? I was gutted because they offered when it was the Spanish GP last year. They said, "Oh, are you going to be going to the Spanish GP," and I, unfortunately at the time I wasn't. But they offered is. Planet Moto. They, um, Hold on. they they offered to pick my um, bike up. What? Why was this offered to you and not me? Because you don't ride. Well, maybe I would. And then you have to look at myself. I'm currently, you know, Monster Energy are seriously thinking about taking me on as a test rider. Uh, you know, I've got ongoing support by Kawasaki. Uh, and well, yourself- it's funny you say that because you've got ongoing support from Kawasaki, but you seem to be stuck on the 2020 model. There's a reason for that, mate. When you're a team player like myself, Kawasaki have sold so many 250s this year that it's like gold dust. They're that good. 
So because Kawasaki are that good, they said, look, James, we've got a problem. Uh, we've got dealers, we've got riders. They all want 2020 250s. We, we did have three site, you know, put aside for you to use this year because we know you're racing. And I said, look, the 2020 is good enough. It's great for someone like me. The 2021, for those people who are looking for that little extra bit, you know, it's a fantastic bike. So let them have it. I'm going to sit back and I will await when there's more stock in. That's the guy, nice guy I am. You got to be a team player of sponsors. It'd be great if you could apply some of that in to um, MX Vice employee welfare. No, yeah, kiss my ass. You're lucky <laughs> you still got a job. <sighs> right, that's it. That's episode 55 wrapped up. Honestly, a huge thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Blenzel Oil, KYB, Evenstrokes, SupercrossLive.tv. Backyard Design UK, and of course, the ever-present Talent Engineering. If you want to support MX Vice, we still have our fantastic t-shirts available over on uh, evenstrokes.com. If you buy any product, here's a little trick. If you buy any product, go through to checkout and you can get an MX Vice t-shirt for $4.99 uh, at checkout. It gets offered to you. So it's a great way of uh, supporting us and saving some money at the same time. We're back next week. Hopefully, there's going to be a little bit more happening about in uh, MXGP. Um, there could be a few surprises, a few maybe people online. Uh, who knows? Either that or we'll be talking more and more about Supercross. Is that okay, Lewis? Yeah, I don't think anything will be happening in MXGP. Um, now that Monticelli's out, um, apart from JWR and... Um, Dixon's second rider, which aren't going to be like earth-shattering news. Um, is everyone's just going to be hunkering down? So unless there's a calendar or something, I can't see much happening in MXGP now for the next month or so. No, but if you get a chance, visit our sponsors' social media, like their page, like their posts. Just any support you can give is is always welcomed. It helps us do the show. They support us, um, and hopefully you enjoy listening to this. So we'll be back in uh, seven days. See you then. Say bye, Lewis. Oh, I think your um, I think your ending was perfectly fine. But bye. <laughs> you are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at EvenStrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. 
technical touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. Show.